1: All right, everybody, welcome back to yet another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. This is your host, Spencer, joined as always by Michael.
0: Hello, everybody.
1: Yeah, it's been a really, really eventful week, especially when you're talking about basketball. Um, Texas Tech opened up in the NCAA tournament on Thursday, played a game Thursday, one then, played on Saturday, one then, two. Um, moving on to the Sweet 16. The baseball team was on a, they finished up a road trip uh, in Waco, not super excited about those results. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Spring football is rolling along very quietly, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Um, Of course, we we asked you guys for some questions, got a couple good ones, and we'll finish up with what we learned this week. But first off, um, since the last time we recorded, Michael and I actually got together for lunch one day and... If you follow us on Twitter, you'll know that we went and tried out the the new barbecue place here in Lubbock, Max Barbecue. Uh, Michael, I want to get your your initial thoughts and reactions to to that that lunch.
0: Hey, I was uh, I was pretty impressed. I went with the green chili mac and cheese as my side, and for my entree, I went with a good old sliced brisket sandwich. And what they did was they used the fatty. And or <laughs> the cringe-inducing moist part of the brisket, <laughs> and oh, I, that was that was totally fine with me because I'm I'm good with that. And uh, it was three almost half-inch slabs of brisket that they cut and put on a sourdough bun, which was really sweet and tasty. And um, I I mean overall I was pretty impressed, especially because I this may get some people to give me backlash but i do i do like rudy's uh for the most part i know that rudy's is you know it's kind of the fast food of acceptable barbecue but that's fine with me and i had a brisket sandwich on saturday from rudy's and the one from max was much better um rudy's barbecue their brisket that day was really thinly sliced like extra thin it was extra lean. It was extra dry. Um, so <laughs> all the extras. All the extras you don't want. So after having that, I realized, man, maybe this Mac sandwich was even better than I thought it was. What, what were what were your impressions?
1: Well, <laughs> it was all right. Um, if you guys remember from last week, we we're talking about food takes that that we have that. Necessarily aren't held by others around us. My my food that I don't like that everybody seems really, I really enjoy are the green chilies. It seems like every side there at Max was filled with green chilies. Yeah, I was
0: in heaven, man. It was great. Um, I think it was green chili. What was it? It was green what was chili the one mac and, and cheese.
1: It? I got I got creamed corn, which also had green yeah. chilies in it. It was green chili
0: creamed corn. Yeah.
1: I also <laughs> got the cornbread, which had green chilies in it. Of course that, not. That course. one though was. The green chilies were not as present. Um, It was actually really good. The creamed corn, surprisingly, even with the green chilies, was really good. Uh, I got barbecue beans or baked beans. I'm not sure how they labeled it. Not really a do-over on that one. But my meats, I got the jalapeno cheddar sausage and I got the sliced brisket. Um, Of course, if you're gonna try a barbecue place, you gotta get brisket. I think my slices were a little too thick. Um, they were difficult to cut, which is kind of surprising. The sausage was all, all right. I just had an overall meh, uh, experience with Max.
2: It was all yeah, right.
0: The, uh, Spencer was very nice and let me sample a piece of the sausage. And it was, it was pretty much just kind of like a Hillshire farm thing, which no knock on Hillshire farm. It has its time and place, but yeah, I, I was I'm, expecting a little more.
1: <laughs> it wasn't bad. Um, but for, for the hype and for the price, was like, there are other places in, here in town that I would have rather gone to and spent that money. Um, they did have two distinct barbecue sauces there. Uh, one was a, more of a mild kind of sweet and was a little spicy and I think it was a vinegar base. Um, I I actually enjoyed the sauce more on the sausage than the brisket. Um, I'm I'm... Would consider myself more of a purist, and really don't think you should put, or that good good barbecue needs sauce. Um, it was it was I, good. I I just like yeah. it was a compliment to the the sausage, but I don't think sauce would have helped that brisket. <laughs>
0: well, I I tend to agree on the on the sauce. If if I get any, I always get it on the side, except in this case for or not just this case in all cases when i get a barbecue sandwich i nine times out of ten put barbecue sauce and pickles on it
1: well you almost that's you almost need to because the bread is so dry even with a, a good moist barbecue like that bread's gonna soak it up and you're still in a mouthful of sand essentially <laughs>
0: yeah so that's really the only time i'm you know actively just pouring a bunch of sauce on on any bit of barbecue um you know, sauce and sausage is kind of, that's that's not a common thing, Spencer. I don't think a lot of no. people and put sauce right. with sausage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the other thing that, you know, if we're talking about foods that typically don't need sauce is a good steak. Um, yep. We actually cooked steak this weekend, didn't have sauce, but it was so good it was like it doesn't need it. However, having said that, let me say that I am a huge fan of a one and I will even, I like even really, really good steaks, I will have a little bit of A1 on it because I'm such a big fan of A1. Not that the steak needs it, but because I like A1 so much.
0: Man, I used to be there. I finally, I, I kicked the habit and it's a, no. it's a tough <laughs> habit. Because, well, no, 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 I'm not, hey, I'm not arguing against you. Um, but A1 is delicious. And I was always the first, I think Whataburger has that A1 thick and hearty. Whenever they bring it back, I'm yes. in the drive-thru. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> anytime there's an A1 thing going on, I'm all about it. And growing up we didn't eat steak very much because um no no one in my family thought anything less than well done was
1: uh not going to kill
0: you. So
1: And a well done steak is just ruined meat, so Right. And throw that out there.
0: (laughs) So that was that was where I started uh experimenting with different sauces. Oh gosh, this is terrible. I used to have I used to have ketchup with steaks.
1: I I've heard of people as a doing child. that. I've never and tried a, it. Probably uh, a
0: high schooler because I didn't know any better cuz we were being fed well-done steaks and you need something to get it down and you got ketchup and then someone introduced me to A1. I was like, "Oh, I'm sold. This is great. This is so much better." And then finally someone introduced me to a steak that was medium and medium rare and I thought, oh, "Okay,
1: You don't actually need. This this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is this is this is much better.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Samantha and I went to uh, Las Brisas about a month or two ago. I actually sat next to Cliff Kingsbury and he had a a couple of guys there from his staff. Not the point. I I got the tomahawk ribeye there. Name
0: drop. Name drop.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it's not like I'm I'm Dan and taking pictures with them and
2: posting that everywhere. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.
1: I did take a picture just to, just so people would know that I wasn't making it up. That he actually did sit at the table right next to us.
0: I have seen this photograph.
1: <laughs> It is true. It's really creepy. It's like over Samantha's shoulder. Yeah, it is. It's not that I like walked up and said, Hey man, can I have a picture? It's like, look where I'm
0: today next to. It's at a weird angle. <laughs> it's it's obvious that you're acting like you're texting or something probably.
1: Well, here's the thing. So like he, one, he had a large group with him. The rest of the table, he had like another five or six people on the upside of the table facing me. So I had to be really inconspicuous about taking a picture. Otherwise, I mean, those five or six people would have, would have seen that. Um, anyways, the steak I got there, absolutely no sauce. Like I said, I got the tomahawk ribeye. I was not. I wasn't even gonna ask if they had a one. I was like, I'm just gonna enjoy this as it is. Now you you, you brought up the a one thick and hearty at at Water Burger. That, that's a that's one of those seasonal um, meals. Yeah, I, guess, that I always would... wonder
0: when it's a one season.
1: It's not yet, and that's that's unfortunate. They're still going through. I think it's the um, the mushroom Swiss. That's right. Uh, yeah, they've got that, that new
0: jus sauce that they're they're
1: promoting. I I, I did I, I didn't get into their their buffalo chicken strip sandwich uh, a little while ago, but yeah, whenever the that uh, the A one thick and hearty, the other one that's there right now is the sweet and spicy, which is pretty good.
2: Uh, yeah,
0: my wife really likes that one. She alternates between that one and the. The monterey melt those are kind of her two all-time favorite ones and i usually go with either the good old whataburger with cheese or the one with bacon and jalapenos or the green chili double which i know makes gross.
1: you gross <laughs> see a burger like we talked about this last week with sonic trying to destroy the american cheeseburger and you're gonna put green chilies on it come on dude <laughs>
0: Hey, we were talking about... Okay, there's two things I want to talk about real quick before we move on to basketball because, you know, we are in the Sweet 16. Um, <laughs> but there's two there's two quick things I wanted to mention. Okay. Talking about really good steaks. Um, just a couple weeks ago, or it was a little over a week ago, there's a little steakhouse called Tejas 2150 in Slayton. Have you heard of this one, Spencer?
1: I have not even heard of it.
0: Okay. It's, it's, uh, it's called Tejas 2150 because it's on FM 2150, and it's just kind of southeast of Slayton. It's a little hole in the wall. Um, there's just, it's, it's, it looks like you're pulling up to a house. Um, there's probably gonna be certain people mad at me for sharing it because it's kind of a coveted little secret that no one else needs to know about. But anyway, they make some of the best steaks in all of this area of Lubbock and best I can tell, I think they just season them with salt and pepper and throw them on and they just cook them perfectly. Well, not well, they actually say on the menu they will not cook a well done steak. It's (laughs) actually on the menu in all caps. Yeah. And they, um, I think I'm going to get my prices wrong. This is going to sound like a lot, but let me finish Uh, a ribeye. Like their normal ribeye is, I think it's $30 but what it is is essentially like a butterfly ribeye it's basically two whole ribeyes and and by whole I mean it's like it's it's uncut it's got a bunch of it's not trimmed it's got a bunch of fat or on the outside and everything so you've got to kind of trim it away yourself and so for 30 bucks you essentially get two full-size ribeyes and baked potato or fries and salad and everything And man it's It's killer. They've got good appetizers. They've deep fried mushrooms, pickles. They've got calf fries. They've got all sorts of stuff. So anyway, Tejas 2150. Add it to your list of little places to eat. And I wanted to talk a little bit about Whataburger real quick because we tried something this week just kind of by accident. Um, Now they sell that the, the jalapeno cream ranch and the spicy ketchup At United,
1: I don't. I I still don't know why I don't have like my pantry stocked of both of those bottles.
0: You've got to get on board with that because it.
1: That's about this. Like I, I I would fill the house, like all of the house, all the all of our storage, with just (laughs) bottles and bottles of spicy ketchup, and the jalapeno cream ranch. Right,
0: and so for it makes it perfect for moments like this. There was some deal at Chick Fil A that uh, my wife picked up for us on lunch one day and so we came home and i had chick-fil-a fries dipped in spicy ketchup and i had chick-fil-a nuggets dipped in jalapeno ranch from whataburger so it was the best of two very good worlds and that gives you the opportunity to mix and match and kind of play around with that so i definitely suggest having those next time that way if uh you get some fries from somewhere. You can see. Well, let's see how they be with some spicy ketchup. They're going to be better. They just yeah. they
1: just are because spicy ketchup is the second elixir of life. Yep. Number one being Dr Pepper, of course. <laughs> no, I mean so the 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 waffle fries at Chick Fil A are pretty good. Um, I'm not a hater of the Chick Fil A chicken nuggets. I don't know if I would have dipped the chicken nuggets in the jalapeno cream. That that seems more like a a fry dipping to me, I would have stuck with a Chick-fil-A Buffalo sauce or really any of the, the fast food Buffalo sauces. They're a little on the thin side for me, but usually that means that they're heavy on the vinegar, which I'm a big fan of the vinegar and the, in the Buffalo sauces. But yeah, that's, that's not a bad combination, though. It, I mean, if you're going to have spicy ketchup and the jalapeno ranch on anything, you're probably not going to have a bad bad lunch. When
0: it comes to Chick-fil-A, I really just like the Chick-fil-A sauce. And that, That's, that's like my the go-to for them or the Texas Peaks. Meat. Yeah, I think it is. I think that's kind of what it is. It's a, almost almost like a honey mustard, but not really. Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, it's more, more like a honey mustard barbecue. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Probably just like it's lost just all right. our, our our listeners. Well, I mean, at least I didn't like offend Waterburger. I mean, I don't know if, if if I could do that, I would like disown myself.
0: Well, they're basically a corporate sponsor of Texas Tech athletics at this point, so we've got to yeah. stay on their good side.
1: I, I was I was going to bring that up um, when you were talking about Waterburger. I don't think anybody. I I, I mean I, I don't know how organic and. and um, yeah, just organic this is, but I don't think anybody else is getting the attention from a national, not national, but like a, a large regional restaurant chain that Texas Tech is getting from Whataburger. I mean, their, their social media accounts are congratulating Chris Beard and the Texas Tech social media channels directly. Um, you know, they I, ate I it. They ate it after he's, the Florida game. Yeah, I don't know if he's, if Whataburger is some kind of sponsor where they're kind of paying for all this name dropping Chris Beard seems transparent and genuine enough that it wouldn't have felt this right this long (laughs) if they were paying for it (laughs) yeah
0: because he was uh, I bet it's one of those if we did some forensics we could probably go back and kind of go back to when he really started mentioning Whataburger and I know it was oh the first time I remember him saying something about it was maybe January, and I'm almost certain now that just because Tech's getting more exposure and um, people are paying more attention to his interviews and his press conferences and stuff, that I'm sure that that wasn't the first time. So I I think it's, it's as, a, as organic as it can get, but it does seem to get inserted into conversation a lot more, but to be fair, people are asking him, so he's being asked about it.
1: And it's, you can always bring a Whataburger. I mean, it's always, it's always yeah. a good thing to. So that's what the, we've talked
0: about for the last 15 minutes. So, yeah,
1: yeah. The, the thing that, <laughs> that makes me think it's not that, that it is organic is if, if he had been, if Waterburger was paying for this, it would have started back in September. Um, because as, yeah. as a corporate sponsor, like my organization is a corporate sponsor of Texas Tech Athletics. We had to sign those contracts back over the summer. So if this was going to be a Waterburger sponsored deal, they would have had a sign off on this back in June or July. Nah, nah, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't have just, just been coming up in January. It would have started November.
0: Yeah, whatever. they're just uh, um, benefiting. They're just benefiting from a guy's actual just love of <laughs> love of the Texas staple.
1: And why not? When you got a team doing as well as, as Texas Tech, let's go ahead and just jump right in. That's the best segue I, I could probably come up with.
0: Yeah, it works for me. <laughs>
1: They played uh, this past week Thursday against Stephen F. Austin. Unfortunately for me, I was out of town. I had to stream it um, on the iPad. Uh, I didn't get to watch all of it. The the parts I did be able, I was I was able to watch. It was kind of distracted, so I wasn't able to to really dive into that game. Um, Texas Tech does end up with a ten point win, I believe. Yep, seventy to sixty and they were a 11 point favorite. So right right where they were expected to be.
0: Um just took them a while to get there.
1: Yeah, it's that's that's what one of the things I was noticing really early on I was watching it, it was it just seemed kind of closer than I was expecting. And the last few minutes the lead ballooned to 10 and then it was just it just felt like it was over. So Michael, were you able to watch the whole game cuz I I I wasn't able to, but that doesn't mean you weren't.
0: I was able to watch uh pretty much the whole thing. The the guys just really started out slow. Um, They just seemed... You don't want to say they seemed lost, because that's just such a cop-out to say that, but they they didn't seem as focused. Uh, And Stephen F. Austin, they came out of the gate. They were ready to play instantly, and it showed. So, you know, Tech never... They never really had the lead until... They had it off and on, but they they would keep showing it. I think uh, with only about five or seven minutes left in the game, Tech had only led maybe two minutes of the whole game. Um, you know, S- Stephen F. Austin would be up by seven, and Tech would make a run and get within one, and then SFA, sure enough, would make another one, and it just kept that just kept happening. And um, of course, <laughs> one of the instances that that happened was within the first few minutes of the game I think the score was 15 to 14 and we have to bring up the dunk
1: the dunk <laughs> this is just
0: it I'm, I'm coining it we've just got to call it that um Zaire Smith who is credited with the 44 inch vertical who I believe has a 46 or 7 inch vertical during game time
1: it's got to be higher than that because
0: it might be close to 50 yeah. I don't know well the he, adrenaline he, vertical kicks in man
1: the, the other thing, I, I saw this on Twitter from Micah Alway, who was a linebacker for Tech a couple of years ago. I guess at his pro day, he he notched a 45 and a half inch vertical. It's like, Zaire Smith's got to be putting up 55 then.
0: Oh, I could believe that. <laughs> I would believe it. <laughs> so he did a. Okay, people have argued a little bit on it, whether it was a 180 or a 360, but it, well, we'll get to that in a sec. But. Keenan Evans just tossed it his direction from behind the three-point line, and Zaire caught it in midair, and he did a 180 from that point and dumped it. Do you think it was a 180 or a 360, Spencer? I've got, I've got some good reasoning on, on what I
1: think. Well, okay. It was 180 until he dunked the ball. But he finished the 360 before he landed. So Agreed. When he went up into the air, he was facing Keenan Evans. Mostly, went up, caught the ball, turned, you know, 180 degrees, dunked it. But on his way back down, turned back around. So he he completed the 360. But I think at least half of it was done before the dunk.
0: Right. So I I'm with you, and that was exactly what I was going to have people who wanted to argue, go back and look because his feet land almost the exact same place that he took off from, which was his heels are, you know, uh, pointed towards the baseline. His feet are parallel to the baseline and he takes off from that position and then lands almost the exact same position with his feet. So if you look at his feet, it was definitely a 360 and no argument on that, but yeah, I guess people can say once once he caught it, he did a 180. But I'm with you, man. That was definitely a 360. That was one of the most athletic things I've ever seen. And and then uh, someone brought up that it it made only number two on the Sports Center top 10 that night. And I thought, what in the world could have beat it? And one of the commenters at STP said it was a LeBron dunk, and I thought, well, I got to see this thing. Did you go watch it, Spencer? Because that LeBron dunk uh, (laughs) is—it's—he pretty um, much—he pretty much murdered a guy on TV. It it was (laughs) just—it was nasty. It was, oh my gosh! You didn't even know he was going to do it. He just kind of—I'm going to go pull it up right now. You need to try to watch it because he—he's at the top of the key, about where Keenan Evans was when he threw the—the lob to Zaire, but. He's at the top of the key, and he blows by his man. And then he gets into the lane, and a guy jumps. And, oh, my gosh, I don't know why he jumped to try to block LeBron on the way to the lane. And he just, grown man, beard, tomahawked him in the face. Was, <laughs> I thought, okay, yeah, that's that's number one. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> we'll take a back so seat I- to I'm that. I'm watching.
1: it. The dude he dunks over is like, full extension all up in the air hands up and he still goes over him
0: still still goes over him I mean his in LeBron's head is is even with the rim yeah and it's it's a worthy it's a worthy number one but Zaire man that that's gonna I think someone pointed out on Twitter that that should make the one shining moment (laughs) video at the end of the year no matter what happens (laughs) and I I think they're right
1: so going to third to Saturday Zaire Smith's alley-oop dunk at 30 seconds left in the game, had to have been number one that night,
0: right? I didn't look. I'm not sure because um, wasn't that the same night that Virginia went down? Of course, yeah. I mean, they, they got they got hammered, which I still can't believe. So there may not have been one single highlight to pull out of that. But that Zaire Aliupin against Florida was definitely, that was it. That was what put us ahead for good. That was the end of the game. Uh, It it should have been up there if it wasn't, but I I didn't actually check if it was or not.
1: So that obviously sealed the game for Tech. It was an unbelievable play that Chris Beard had called and and, and orchestrated coming out of a timeout, I think it was. Yep, Um, it sure was. Unbelievable. I, I mean, the fans there just... Completely erupted when Zaire Smith dunked. Um, so I, I want to go through a couple of my favorite parts of that dunk. One being that Keenan Evans absolutely amputated this poor dude's legs at the at the three point lane. Like his his legs just like they were gone. Like he no longer has ankles. He may not have feet anymore. Like he almost went into a split. It was he got tripped up so bad. So Keen Evans gets past him, is driving down the lane, um, Igor Kolachev, I don't know, whatever his name is, Igor from Florida, slides over to take the charge.
0: Oh, that was, that! I love that moment.
1: But he never set his feet, so he was never going to be called for a charge. Um, nope. By the time that Evans hit him, the ball was already out of Evans' hands. Yep. Um, and then when Zaire Smith dunked the ball, it actually, the ball went through the hoop and then hit Igor on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Part. Insult to injury. Dude tries to take a charge. He gets run over by and Evans and then gets dunked on while he's laying on the ground. <laughs> the <laughs> other good thing, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, there's so many good things about an alley dunk, but one, there was a Twitter account that put that to the Titanic theme music. Always All, a favorite. Always good. The other good thing is when they played... They they found that the same guy said you know that actually reminds me of this other dunk where Kobe Bryant did did almost the exact same thing that Keenan Evans did threw the ball up to Shaquille O'Neal Shaquille dunked it just like Zaire Smith that his was more his was one handed where Zaire Smith was a two handed flush it was uncanny how similar those two plays were and I'm I'm trying trying to give Chris Beard the benefit of the doubt but I think that was he was he was pulling from that. He had to have been like, I remember this really awesome time, right? <laughs> <laughs> he
0: he could have, because that was a pretty iconic play. Uh, I think it was against, was it the Blazers? I think it was the Blazers. I think it was the Western Conference Finals that year. I'm not positive, but uh, I remember watching that too. And I'm willing to bet that Zaire's hand, even though he's eight inches shorter than Shaq, was as high above the rim as Shaq's, if not higher. Easily, yeah. <laughs> Shaq Shaq could kind of make it, uh, you know. Of course, it's still amazing what Shaq could do. But when you're seven one and someone throws you a lob, it's it's a little bit different ball game than when you're six five
1: and you thunder it down like Zaire can. Right. So right there at the very end, while we felt that Tech had put the game away, they were up five with thirty seconds to go. Florida's able to immediately drive the ball, uh, get a layup and go uh, close the game to three points. And then, almost like we were trying to give the game away, Keenan Evans gets trapped in the corner and then turns the ball over to Kioza, I think his name is, their, Florida's point guard. Um, he pulls the ball out, was looking to, to set a play out with 15 seconds, drives the lane, cuts and finds Igor, wide open for a three but I think I think the Texas Tech defense had gotten in his head enough that when Igor saw I think it was Naeem Stevenson charging out to to try to block it and alter the shot that he double clutched and it threw off his timing because he missed it um, really badly I mean it wasn't the air ball like it was a couple possessions before that but for what would have been a wide-open shot. He he hesitated kind of bizarre. It was a b- bizarre hesitation, like a double clutch on on his shot, and he, he clanks it off the rim. And Then Florida's able to get the rebound and find another guy open for a three that would have tied the game, and he missed it. Tech secures that rebound as the time expires. Hopefully it doesn't come down to uh, <laughs> some kind of last possession game against Purdue coming up this week. But um, we just saw that Texas, the Texas Tech offense really kind of sputtered out there towards the end. Besides the alley-oop dunk, Texas Tech really struggled to score points. They weren't getting fouled. They weren't going to the free throw line. Uh, and it's just something that you hope you don't see again on Friday versus Purdue.
0: Well, and speaking of fouls, I know it's usually your place to trash the refs,
1: but
0: let me take a a go at it this time. I'm going to come into your house for a second, um, then I'll show myself out. But Okay, so for this game, I pointed it out on Twitter a little bit, and I say that like everyone's like,
1: oh yeah, yeah, of course you did.
0: It was a very good tweet, but anyway. um,
1: (laughs) Because everybody is really in tune to our our tweeting.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're all on it. the first half there were nine fouls called for the whole first half okay and so <laughs> i don't know um there were only two called on tech which i thought oh man this means we are about to get railroaded the second half and actually florida got they got called on um uh, they got in the bonus really, or we got in the bonus because of Florida really early on, and then it seemed like Florida just went on a drought. They just didn't foul for a while, apparently, and only Tech could foul. But all that to say, they called nine fouls in the first half. They called 23 in the second half, and they didn't call a single foul in the last three twenty-nine. Did you know that? There wasn't a single foul called for the last three, three minutes and 29 seconds of an NCAA tournament game.
1: Which I'm And the actually, last
0: one was that ticky-tack BS one on Brandon Francis. I'm almost okay with
1: them letting them play it out. Um they're I think because but they called twenty three more...
0: fouls in seventeen minutes
1: and then all of a sudden they're like, Okay, we're
0: done. <laughs> we're gonna stop now. Keenan Evans is allowed to get trapped and mauled and just you know, then of course he turns the ball over because he was hammered. And then we were just, everything's fine. And It's what, probably because we won. Why didn't they call a timeout there?
1: They uh, still had that one Florida? timeout.
0: Yeah, they'd been holding, holding on to that timeout like grim death for
1: eight, That's nine minutes. Because they were taking a play from Texas Tech because they saw us do the same thing. We had the ball with 15 seconds, needed a three against West Virginia in the conference tournament, and held on to it and didn't take it. Ah. <laughs> They're trying yeah. to be be more like us. Now, it worked the same, worked out the same way for both teams. It had a timeout with 15 seconds and didn't call it. Texas Tech lost. Florida lost. So, lesson learned. If you have the ball with 15 seconds, you have a timeout, just call it.
0: Well, and there were so many stupid reviews and all sorts of other stuff that, you know, both of our coaches got, or both the coaches got at least three or four more timeouts in that last seven or eight minutes of the game just because they were reviewing everything they could. Um, but I'd, I, I don't mind that they didn't call it, um, hats off to them for just winging it when they didn't even <laughs> know they were going to get the ball, uh, just creating a turnover and then just throwing up a couple of shots. Only one of them was decent. Yeah. Um, uh, it's whatever. But they, they, played, they still lost. I mean, <laughs> yeah. The, it, they played well. I'd, I feel like we should kind of just go back to SFA a little bit too. They really played well too. Especially on the defensive side of things, and I I looked at it um, for the Florida game. It was pretty, it was pretty even, uh, but Tech led for 17 minutes of it. But for that SFA game, Tech only led for six minutes. Really, six full minutes of play. Yeah, and I think a lot of expected
1: to go the other way because how close the the Florida game was how back and forth it was.
0: Well it was. I mean, okay, in Florida game, uh, Florida led for 1445, TTU led for 1746, but the game was tied for seven and a half. So that's, that's pretty dang close. But yeah, we, I think we kind of took not took over, but we started building a lead in the second half and we were able to hold on to it a little bit. But that was, um, you know, we kind of got away from our game plan, like you said, of trying to draw some fouls uh, towards the end of the game. Who knows if they'd have called them.
1: Yeah, uh, it, I, I, at this point, it's probably unclear whether or not we would have gotten those calls. Um, Florida. we didn't you know, need them.
0: I've, yeah, well, right. And I've seen a lot of Florida fans rightfully upset with the refs. But, hey, we can be upset too because it was <laughs> – it just was not good. It was very inconsistent, and it's just unfortunately what you've come to expect with with this type of stuff now.
1: Well, I, I I even sent out a video about the odd officiating in this game when um it was that point in the game where they 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 reviewed it and assessed an intentional foul or flagrant run one on Zaire Smith, I think it was on Kyoza. The video. <laughs> shows him blatantly flopping. He's not even touched, and he throws his arms up and whips his head back. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I here's the thing. The referees went back and reviewed the play. I think at that point, if you see that somebody, a player is doing that, when there is no contact, that one, there should not be a foul against Zaire Smith, but there actually should be a foul against Kyoza. He's actually trying to manipulate the game and get a call in his favor when he wasn't touched.
0: Well, didn't Kyoza have... He played with four fouls for, what, like 18 minutes or something?
1: Yeah, so he got his fourth foul and sat <laughs> for a be, long, long time. And that then might came be an in,
0: exaggeration.
1: And he came in. I was like, all right, we just have to go right back at him because he's going to foul out. But that's about the time that, that, that the referee stopped calling fouls and he was able to stay in the rest of the game.
0: Yep, that was almost exactly when.
1: I don't know. Like I said, because, because I'm, I'm, I'm not bitter about this game that we won. I'm a little easier on the refs. There were a couple, like you said, questionable calls.
2: Um,
1: hopefully we don't, we don't need some kind of favorable officiating against Purdue. Uh, Apparently Purdue's opened up as a 1.5 point favorite. Um, the same position that Texas tech was in against Florida. I think tech opened up as a one and a half point favorite ended up winning by three. Um, I guess the big question is with Purdue is how you match up against their size. They've got a couple of players that are seven feet, two inches or, or taller. Yes. <laughs> which yeah, are harms
0: just, is seven, three, I think.
1: Yeah. These are just gigantic men. The silver lining there is I I guess it's a silver lining. It's kind of unfortunate for them. Their senior Haas, which is an epic name for a, a man of his size, um, unfortunately in, in, in their last game he broke well no, not not in purdue's last game the game before that their first round game broke his elbow on a rebound where he he went to the the, the court um tried to come back for the second game to play with a broken elbow but I guess his brace wasn't approved by the referees um it's yeah. unclear whether or not he was like the purdue staff was going to let him actually play in the game I actually read a, an article from like the purdue side it had had videos of him warming up and The shot he took using both hands, he was like grimacing in pain every time he moved. The majority of his warm-ups was actually one-handed. I was like, there's no way he's going to play (laughs) one-handed.
0: Yeah, I I don't think so either. And to read, I I read an ESPN article about him. Size 22 shoes, by the way. (laughs) I read an ESPN article about him that pretty much said the same thing you did, that uh, even if he had been cleared to play, and the reason he wasn't was because the the brace he had on was a rigid brace
1: almost, which would you would imagine, want for like, like a, a broken cast. bone, right? You'd want a rigid cast. You
0: would, but you wouldn't want it on a seven foot two guys elbow. If you're well, going to play no. against him, no, my I, gosh, I, just I meant, I mean, the man a sledgehammer.
1: In terms of, of like his health and well being, he would want a, a rigid cast to make sure his elbow is stabilized. And
0: Oh, I would think so too. Yeah. That, it made sense there, but the NCAA stepped in and like, Hey, we, you know, that's, we don't allow that. And
1: right. I, I actually went back and re- read those regulations. It seems like unless it's a, like a soft flexible or like a, some kind of soft foam that he wouldn't be allowed to play in a cast. Um, and I don't think you can actually, you should put a player in that position to be trying to play with a malleable or w- w- whatever the term was flexible cast like that with a broken bone, especially in a joint. Right. Well, and their, and their coach
0: even said, the same thing that you were saying was, even if he if Haas had been cleared, there that doesn't mean he would have played or seen any action at all. Uh, the coach is also very concerned. Okay, sure, he can, maybe he can get some movement back and he can get going again. But unless he can make a free throw, there's no reason to even have him out there because all you got to do is just foul him and then he'll brick two free throws shooting him one handed and you get the ball back. Until they figure that out and pull him out, so I was like, "Oh, hey, Coach Beard, uh, if Haas gets in there, have a uh, you know, have someone get in there and just hang on his forearm it's until a they
1: hack-a-shack. blow the whistle." Yeah, yeah, a <laughs> Um. So yeah. So he, he's a senior. Probably won't play against Texas Tech this weekend, Friday night. Um. So he's listed at seven feet two inches tall, two hundred ninety pounds. That's just a very large human being. Yeah. Unfortunately for Texas Tech. Haas' backup is a guy named Harms, another name with H double A. He's got this epic and viral hair going on. Everybody's watching videos of him fixing his hair as he's playing the game. Like he's about to do, uh, you know, about to defend a shot, and he fixes his hair. Or he's about <laughs> to going down the floor on offense. He's fixing his hair.
0: He doesn't just fix it. He runs his fingers through it. It's it's
1: an eloquent move. It It's it's too much for on the field. It's like, dude, if you're going to be doing that, just, just cut your hair. <laughs> anyway, so, so he's a freshman. He's listed at 7 feet 3 inches tall, but he's only 250 pounds. A paltry 250. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> that's s- that's super your small big there, man. That's yeah. crazy that that's your small big man. S- silver lining there, I guess, is that he's only a freshman and not the senior like Haas is. Right, so if you're worried about size, I mean, yeah, Haas won't play, but Harms is even bigger. Kind of like the Mo Bamba. You got to figure out a way to not let him affect shots that he's not actually touching.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, just get in your head a little bit. I, I think Tech has a chance against these guys, uh, especially on the offensive side. Um on their guards I think a lot of their guards there's several of them that are below six feet so I think we've got some size there but when it comes to the lane it's going to be Harms is going to be a, a force to be reckoned with even though he is pretty green um you know maybe he'll maybe that greenness will get him in foul trouble because um, that's the only game he started all year I think was was on Sunday so he, he may get into a little bit of foul trouble, may start trying to do a little too much, and they have to pull him out. But, uh, yeah, it it does sting, or not sting, but it, it, it's never as fun to play a team without one of their best players. So, um, you know, we joke about, or I joked about him using his cast as a sledgehammer, but I doubt he would. So, you know, hopefully Haas can um, get going again. Maybe not after... Not until at least uh, Friday's over. But I hope his elbow doesn't hurt any chances for him to get in the pros or anything like that or play professionally.
1: So I'm looking at a, a, a summary and matchup prediction of the game from a, a betting house, whatever you want to call it. Um, basically saying without Haas and should, seeing that Purdue needed every minute of their game against Butler to to ride it out, that Texas Tech and their their size over Butler and then having to push you know harms even farther, that even though Purdue is favored, that they've picked a, a Texas Tech six-point win, which I could Ooh. definitely be down for. Yeah, I could live with that. Um they they say that, unfortunately, that you know that they're Purdue is a one and a half point favorite. 70 at the point of the article, 74% have picked Purdue to cover the spread, which would mean obviously they're going to win by greater than two points. Um, and the over under that line of, of the game would be 137 and a half with 60% picking the over. So let's see, that's one thirty-eight divided by two. This is not good for what's that? 79. Sounds right to plus me. Plus two. So. No 69. There you go. Even better. So 71, 67, I don't know. I'm not, not nice, very good at this It's match. a nice uh, number. Um, you would think if, if you're holding Purdue to 70 points that you have a good shot. Now, you know you only scored 69 points in the last game. You only scored 70 points in your first game. Um, I think mean, you're going to have to figure out a way for your offense to be better than 70 points to advance to the Elite Eight. Especially against a, a higher rated, seated, a higher seated team in Purdue. Hopefully, you're not relying on late free throws to, to help you over the, overcome. Ooh.
0: Yeah, we uh, should touch on that because last game, uh, as a team, it's one of those things that kind of gets thrown to the wayside because you win, but we were 50% from the line. We only shot seven okay. for 14.
1: And we weren't really all that good against Florida either.
0: No, and the thing with Florida was, I mean, you, we were sixteen. Ton, but well, we were sixteen for twenty-four.
1: Okay, you did shoot, which shoot a is ton. <laughs>
0: which is right. But that's sixty-seven percent. But that's inflated a little bit because Evans made ten of those. So we were actually six for fourteen. Evans went ten for ten. So yeah. as the rest of the team was like at forty percent.
1: So uh, let's actually kind so of, step of touch it up, on, one of the, on, on one of the listener questions we got regarding, or, you know, going back to Keenan Evans. This is from T-Bomb15. It says, how does Keenan Evans turn it on in the second half like he does, and why don't we see it the entire game? I don't know why you don't see it the entire game. Um, the second half, I think, is just a tribute to his skill and leadership that Texas Tech can lean on him to score as many points as needed, and he's going to deliver.
0: Well, I think um, that the Florida game was kind of a good example of him turning it on, or or not just waiting, and I don't want to say he's waiting, but the Florida game was a little bit more balanced because he had eight points in the first half, and then let me see, what did he finish with? He finished with 22, so that's a little bit more balanced. It was 8-14. and Um, yeah. So you're used to seeing, you know, four and eighteen or four and twenty or something. So Which is what he did our, against
1: Stephen F. Austin, right?
0: Yeah, that was ex- pretty much exactly what it was. I think he had four in the first half and then he finished with twenty-three, so four and eighteen. Or oh my gosh, this is good this is good pod. Yeah. The, 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 other,
1: the other thing I, I think helps Keenan Evans is his conditioning and being able to wear down and Still, blow past people late in the games, whereas I think with fresh legs he's more on even playing ground or even even ground. Um, but the conditioning is there, where later in the games he's still able to to make the move and, and get past people.
0: That's a good thought. He may be just kind of biding time for some other people to get a little winded. That's a that's a good that's a good way to look at it. I mean, I just know I remember watching against Florida, he was he was definitely more active in that first half. And I, it kind of woke me up a little bit. Oh yeah. Keenan Evans. What's he up to? (laughs) This is great. He's, he's had, he's, you know, I think he had a couple threes and maybe, or at least one three and uh, a couple of great drives. I thought, Hey man, maybe he'll, maybe he'll get it going. And he kind of did. So, um, then he just kept, of course he did better in the second half. Like, like he usually does, but that may be about as close as we're going to see. Um, you know, 6-8 point first half is going to be kind of the larger margin from him. And he just must be more comfortable. Or maybe there's something about going into the locker room at halftime and kind of refocusing a little bit because you just come out and you start playing and you know what's going on. And maybe there's some nerves that are no longer there because you already know what situation you're in. You're already in the middle of it. So you can maybe- just kind of
1: react. Maybe he needs that pressure. Like he needs to know, I yeah. need to score this many, or the other team is forcing me. Like we we're going basket for basket. I need to keep doing this. Whereas in the first half, you're like, well, I've got a whole second half to deal with. I'm going to worry about that later. I don't know. That's a good good question. The other thing I I want to bring up is this past game against Florida, Zaire Smith very nearly had himself a triple double. Like, did he? it? Really? yeah, he was like a couple of assists away. He had like twenty points, like quietly twenty points. You're like, dude, is that your Smith? Yeah, did he it? made some big threes too. He did early on, and um, of course, all the the stuff down low with the blo not the blocks, but the the dunks. There's been some smoke. I, I I didn't really want to bring it up last week. I'm not really comfortable bringing it up this week, but there's been some some chatter about. Zaire Smith possibly leaving Texas tech after this year to pursue a professional career. Yeah. I I keep hearing that too. I would would hate to lose him, but like good for him. Obviously I would just like, if he would stay at Texas tech for two more years, like it would just be an incredible run for him because I'm already worried about like how this team will rebound next year, losing Keenan Evans. We just talked about how clutch he is and, how much he means to this team. I think we would be able to bridge that gap a little bit better if Zaire Smith was still on the team. So it's I like think it's so like too. the uh Pat Mahomes leaving early for the draft. Like, better for him to go ahead and go while his stock is still really hot, but like the team kinda needs you to stay. <laughs> and yeah. where you fall on that, you know, it's that's a personal preference. I just hope that for a Texas tech fan that he's able to, to find it in him to stay, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I'm going to hope for it too and not hold a bit of ill will against him. If not, uh, he's got a lot to think about, especially health. You know, anything can happen if he plays for another year, he could, uh, you know, anything could happen. I just don't even want to get into that much detail, but you, you want to strike while iron's hot. The, there's people claiming that he could be like a first-round draft pick, and you're thinking, oh, man, that'd be hard to, that'd be hard to say no to that. Um, but I wouldn't blame him at all. And if, if this is it, we've been fortunate to have him, and I, I can't wait to see what he does next if, if this is it. I, I just kind of changing subjects a little bit, um, our other freshman, you know, Culver really had a rough first game against Stephen F. Austin. But, man, he he came out with some confidence and really turned it around against Florida and had a really nice game. He finished did. with 11 points. Um, he had zero turnovers against Florida. I mean, that's that's the big number because he had four against Stephen F. Austin.
1: The Florida defense was, was sneaky good. I wasn't – maybe I just wasn't prepared. Like, I didn't, you know, do any research on it. They were much better than I was expecting, and they were – like, it was inducing anxiety to watch the defense, like the Florida defense on our offense. Like, oh, my gosh, they're just everywhere. It seems like you shoot the ball, there's six or seven of them waiting to rebound it. They're sur- yeah. surrounding your, your shooter, <laughs> three guys on one. You're like, there's got to be an open guy. Like, if they got three guys on, on your one guy, you got to have two open guys. You pass the ball, the same thing happens again. And defense was suffocating. And that was a, a surprise to me. Um, but yeah, the Jarrett Culver being able to rebound pun intended, maybe (laughs) from his SFA game to Florida. Um, you know, he he really helped kind of bridge the gap on on some of the other offensive players that were missing from the stat sheet, like, um, Tommy Hamilton. I think he had two points. It was on a, a drive. Odiasse. I don't think he had any points and I don't think, I don't think tech went with Odiasse or, or Hamilton really for very, very long stretches of the game. Not they at all. Like, I went super small with, like, Zach Smith running the five, basically the entire game.
0: Yeah, the, the two, Odiasse and Hamilton, the two of those guys combined shot two shots and played five minutes. I mean, he he just bearded, decided really quickly to, uh, to keep Zach Smith in there and go small. He went small a lot, too. There were times I'd look up and Smith wasn't in there at all. And, you know, Moretti and Stevenson and – Francis and Culver and Gray or somebody'd be in there, you know. So you it was like, just kind of yeah,
1: Justin Gray running the five. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. You, you, you kind of just went small ball here and there, and it was a uh, it was a, a different a different look, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, w- w- with the uh, the size of Purdue, like it's hard to you know predict. Do you try to match up with that size and play a lot of Tommy Hamilton, who is what six ten, six eleven, and you know rotate Odiasse in there. Or do you try to just, you know, go like what we were just talking about, super small and just try to out athletic them, you know, be faster, be quicker, make their, you know, seven foot three guy, just, you know, a tree, like he's just in the way, not doing anything because he can't keep up.
0: I'm kind of hoping that that's what they'll go with. I, I think that's really played to their advantage in this tournament. I think they went to doing that in, against. Stephen F. Austin too. Uh, I don't think Odiase played much there. He, I definitely don't think he was in during the final stretch while they were um, making their run. So, yeah, he only had, he only played nine minutes and against Stephen F. Austin.
1: So, I, I guess we'll see how it all turns out on Friday. I think the plan is for Michael and I to do a a post game recording, then re- release it that night. Hopefully, be reviewing a, a win over Purdue with Texas Tech heading to the Elite Eight. If not, we'll do a season wrap-up and kind of enjoy and celebrate where this team has gone. Um, but like I said, the plan is to to be previewing a an Elite Eight matchup against the winner of West Virginia Villanova, who personally I'm kind of hoping for West Virginia to beat Villanova because I think me, I'm more confident facing West Virginia again than facing a new team in in Villanova, you remember
0: last week when I was talking about how I didn't want to face uh, West Virginia and I didn't want to face Javon Carter, and we were all like, "Hey, let's take a few steps back. Let's let's let's." <laughs> and uh, here we are, know, like
1: almost rooting for it. Like we want them. Yeah, to be we're Villanova. one
0: we're one game away from that being a possibility. What a what a couple of great uh, what a couple of great sports days we've had as Red
1: yeah. Raider fans. But not as 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 um, pickers of games. Like if if you've filled out a bracket, like my entire left side of the bracket is all red. You know, <laughs> thanks Virginia for losing. Thanks North Carolina for losing. Thanks Xavier for losing. Um, Tennessee. Oh, who else on that? Loyola.
0: Side? Loyola winning. Um,
1: there's like a Michigan over there that lost.
0: Mich- yeah, or Michigan State maybe.
1: Michigan, Michigan sits on the other side. They also lost to Syracuse, who was a play-in team. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, if I was to have a bracket, I mean, I, I still do. Half of it is just, it, it's toast. Like, I had Virginia and North Carolina in the, in the Final Four. Both of them are out. I've got Villanova on one side, which, you know, could be changed next time we talk. <laughs> and then I think I've got Duke on that um, the other regional but dude, okay, think, Cincinnati. Too. Think about they, this. They though. went down. Oh, that's right. Yes, Cincinnati. There's still a possibility for the Big Twelve to have three teams in the Final Four.
0: Oh man. Well, what do we have? In, we have five in there now.
1: We have four left. We have four left. We have, we, have, we have yeah, we have Kansas State and the the bracket that should have had Virginia in it. Um, then Tech and West Virginia are in the same bracket, so w- one of them won't be making it to the Final Four. Sorry, Mountaineers, it's got to be you. Um, <laughs> and then Kansas, who's kind of lasted a little bit longer than I thought they would. I honestly thought they were going to lose to Seton Hall when I was picking because they've always seemed to make an early exit. So still a possibility of there being three Big 12 teams. Another possibility is having those three Big 12 teams and having A&M make it in. Uh gonna have like a reunion a big 12 reunion tour
0: yeah see this is one of those times where I would tout the big 12 as a conference this is where I would be yeah see our conference is great I, I would, It's an advantage to me that's when I would start saying yeah see we're really good at basketball our, our conference is good as opposed to um uh you know I'm not over here rooting for Kansas to win or <laughs> yeah it's, or, it's beneficial uh, kansas to tech. state to win really i don't care if kansas state wins but i'm not rooting
1: for them to yeah it, it i mean yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you i'm not a big I'm selective. conference fan nah i'm not going to root for anybody else but but it would be that, that said it still would be cool <laughs> i have you know, to admit. It, would, it would be pretty cool all right we're almost an hour in just talking about basketball so far let's we got two more sports to touch on really quickly baseball I wouldn't say much. Um, they they finish up their their road trip of death, if you will, where they played at Kentucky, at Louisville, and then at Baylor. Uh, they went, what was it, three and five over that road trip? Really disappointing. You almost got swept by Baylor, um, who shouldn't be really competing in the, in the conference this year. I'm I'm kind of. I don't know it's probably too soon to be saying that i'm worried i think it may have been fatigue and just the last leg of the road trip that you got um it's up with baylor there
0: yeah i, I, mean, I don't want to overreact playing, right but, it's two top 10 teams on the road um and you go what two yeah. of you go two three in that in those five games that's mm-hmm. not awful but yeah, losing the Baylor. You were expecting to
1: come home and kind of rebound against Baylor, and that didn't happen. You lost two there.
0: Yeah, and the second one, I missed. You know, I actually got to watch just a little bit of the the second game, and Tech was up, I think either one to nothing or two to nothing, and I, I can't even tell you. I think it was the fourth inning, and I thought, hey, well, this is looking pretty good. And then I checked the score much later, and we ended up losing two to twelve. Yeah, holy well,
1: cow! Th- there was a weird rain delay in there where, like, your pitcher, oh, like, he was okay. rested long enough where he didn't go back out, so you had to like go to your bullpen really early because of the, the weather. But I mean, y- you still got rocked. So yeah, ho- hopefully, Man. hopefully, it's just you know it was just kind of like a long road trip. You can learn from that and move on. You don't you don't play a midweek game this week. This week, you have right. a, a weekend series against Northeastern, which is from Boston which is kind of funny that you're also going to be in your basketball team will be in Boston while they send a baseball team to come play you. Um, hopefully that'll help you get right. Like I said, I don't know. I, I don't, I think it's too soon to be overly concerned. It was disappointing to, to see all that going on. I, I had to like control myself from commenting too much on it, like over the weekend in our, our group chat because the, the basketball game was going on. And I was like, or it wasn't actively going on. We were just in the middle of making this run to the Sweet 16. I was like, I'm not going to be the Debbie Downer and be like, well, our baseball team just lost three series in a row.
0: <laughs> What's going on with our baseball team, guys?
1: I mean, Sweet 16, that's cool. but <laughs> Yeah. So, like I said, upcoming series this weekend is actually four games against Northeast, and they have a doubleheader on Saturday. Um, and then they'll, they'll get back into conference play next week. Moving on to football, I guess. I, I mean, uh, unless you have anything else to wrap up with baseball.
0: No, that's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: so Seth on Staking the Plains actually wrote a really really great article about what we've learned one week into spring practice. And I want to kind of touch on a couple of those points. Uh, because, again, I mean, yes, spring practice has actually been going for two weeks, but they were off for a week for spring break. Um, so you're about a weekend. You've got your first of three weekend scrimmages this weekend, actually in Midland, where I think they're almost back like three weeks in a row going out. Um, The biggest thing is the quarterback battle. I mean, you're you're going with one of your most visible positions, hoping to get, you know, a a front runner between jet Duffy and McLean Carter. From what Seth said that McLean Carter's issue is that he's been just turning the ball over a bunch He's got the experience over Jet Duffy, um, but he's been dealing with protecting the ball. Jet Duffy, I think, is still trying to make up from that time he missed with the team. Um, you know, we see a lot of time, a lot of the videos from spring practice coming out. You know, you're seeing Jet Duffy running with the first team. I think more than anything, that's just to get him experience in those reps that he's been missing. More than saying that he's first on the depth chart right now. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone seems to have
0: the general consensus that it's Duffy's job to lose. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of concrete evidence of that, but that just kind of seems to be the, the common talking point of it. And that could be kind of talked up from Kingsbury. He could be using it as a as a way for both these guys to really compete and work against each other. But, I mean, I agree with it. I I think... Uh, you know, Carter had some. He definitely showed some promise at um, at in Austin, but until like really... he
1: kept throwing at Chris Boy, you're like, dude, stop. <laughs>
0: I mean, I I think there were a couple of them that were lucky they didn't catch. So no, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> I, I think uh, you know I I don't know if that's fair for me to say. Well, that was enough of me to see. You. I, that's not really fair for me to say, and I'm glad I don't have to make the decision, but that's a valid point is um, if that's still a problem um, then it may not be such an easy fix and we'll just just kind of see keep tabs on it. We'll see who he trots out there and see if it matters. He may alternate them starting, you know, quote unquote starting the scrimmages. You know, I, I would definitely imagine that he's going to have Carter start one and Jet start another and they're going to kind of go back and forth to where you'll keep everyone guessing including
1: the two of them yeah one of the things I'm, I'm looking forward to is obviously being able to go watch one of these these uh open practices in person hopefully we'll be able to catch the one in lubbock michael would love to see you there
0: i should be able to make it i think that's the <laughs> i'm not even well, sure i like, think i like able to make it so yeah <laughs> yeah we i had it written down and now i can't find it i'll look it up while you're if you've got some other something else to move on to
1: um just that, like, there were some questions that Seth raised with the inside receiver depth. Um, you've got a couple of names that you would think are stepping up. Um, you, you're probably getting Zach Austin back for another year of eligibility, which is good because he's got the experience there, but the other guys you've got on the inside are guys like um, Antoine Wesley, Jojo Robinson, Daquan Bowman, Xavier Martin. So a bunch of new guys, well, new in the terms that they haven't played a lot of games, Um with some skills that you think would, would translate well into into performing in this offense, but you just haven't had a a lot of opportunity to see that. Um, and the same thing kind of goes with the defensive backs. You've got a lot of guys that redshirted last year that are available this year that I think at the very least should be able to help with depth, um, possibly push the, the upperclassmen for, for playing time. Um, Another thing that we've seen is the, the the two players from Skyline, the Skyline High School out of Dallas, that weren't with the team or weren't practicing with the team this past season, Dayleon Ward and Joe Wallace are back on the roster. They're back practicing again. Um, you obviously need the the depth there at running back with Dayleon Ward. You know, you saw him do some good things as a freshman. Hopefully he's got everything sorted out where he can be a contributing member of the football team. Joe Wallace, same kind of thing. He was – he showed some flashes as a, as, a, as a freshman, missed out last season. But I think his is more of an uphill battle about trying to break into the defensive line because there's just so much depth there, which is a great thing to say. Um, you know, you lost the one player. Um, I'm blanking on his name. I'm, this is awful. <laughs> I'm probably not going to be able to help you. The one defensive lineman that you're losing this year. Oh, uh, Mike. Mike Thomas. Big right. Mike but then you get three or four guys off of redshirt. So like you're trading experience, you know, as a senior with more bodies this year. You're getting Nelson and Bodasaur, um Lonzel Gilmore should be back. Um, Houston Miller should be back off of injury. Um, Joe Wallace, Nick McCann, all these guys should be able to to bolster the the defensive line where you're probably not going to be relying on one or two guys like you did last year with uh, Mike Thomas and Project Washington, but more of a defensive line by by committee, where you're you're subbing in three or four guys at a time. Are, are there anything on this, in the spring football that you're looking forward to, Mike? Michael, uh, excuse me.
0: Hey, no, that's fine. I, people call me that too. It doesn't matter. Nike. Um, <laughs> sometimes I'll get that too. There's a select few that that go that route. Um, no, I. I don't really know enough of X's and O's to, to really be concentrating on anything particularly. Um, I think I'm interested in how the wide receivers turn out. Uh, Oh my gosh. And now I'm blanking on our, uh, Vasher. I'm interested to see how he's going to progress. And yeah, he seems just, to be uh, the if only, he's, if the he's only. put on some weight a little bit or something, or just, uh, I, I'm
1: interested in that. I was going to say, he seems like be the only guy, uh, receiver-wise, that seems to be kind of sharpied in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, depends. he's kind of
0: a foregone conclusion, really. Everyone's, oh, yeah, that's probably a dig at the, who was it?
1: Seth, Seth Davis, yeah. Seth Davis. That He's like Virginia, the... sharpie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, so that, that, a Twitter guy for UMBC did a fantastic job this past weekend, just being super salty. And he did, man. Great personality online, and like I, I read a story that Dan shared with everybody. He started this weekend, the t- tournament weekend, I think, with five thousand followers, and by the time <laughs> they were eliminated from the tournament, it had a hundred and ten thousand followers. <laughs> Unbelievable growth. He's got to keep
0: it. He's got to keep it rolling, man. Yeah, it, he's he kind
1: of joking. He, like, well, I hope they're going to be okay. You know, getting tweets about UMBC lacrosse because that's what's coming up. <laughs> Yeah,
0: because he's still got a job to do. He's not going to chime in on, uh, you know, the West Virginia game or something, probably. Yeah, probably not. Um, Oh, I did just want to say, okay, just the scrimmage schedule. I I dug that up a second ago. Um, Of course, there's Midland coming up this Saturday at 1, and then we skip for Easter, which I guess is okay, and uh, go to Frisco on Saturday, April 7th at 3 p.m., and then the one here in Lubbock is at 6 p.m. on April 14th. So uh, we've got those four weeks kind of penciled in with three scrimmages. And I think I saw something about there's, I think we've already talked about it, but there was some tailgate scene and stuff going on at the Midland scrimmage. That looks like a lot of fun this Saturday for you guys down in the Permian.
1: They actually, um, cause I think the event was supposed to be Friday night. I think they postponed it because of the basketball game, which is really cool to see.
0: Oh, well, I didn't even notice that, but yeah, it's it definitely says Saturday here, but that makes sense. Uh, you know, and let's, um, should we, should we harp on Kingsbury for, uh, driving to Dallas and going to a basketball game instead of watching film? And pouring over the X's and the O's with well, if, Johns. If, if,
1: if he's going to be spending his time, I'd rather, like, I mean, he spent his time watching a successful coach have some oh. postseason success. So I'm,
0: I'm okay oh, you with worked that. Oh, you worked it around that way. Dang it. <laughs> I walked into that one. Okay.
1: Um, There's actually a picture of, of Beard and Kingsbury uh, hugging after, a, I think it was an SFA game. That was actually pretty cool to see. But, um, yeah, I, I I guess I'm okay with him going to that game.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll let it slide. (laughs) There were some people that were kind of upset that he didn't have any tech gear on. It's like, oh,
1: come on! He hardly ever does. (laughs) Like, even when he's like coaching at practice, he's he's not really wearing tech gear anymore. Um, Yeah, he'll just he had on 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 a black shirt. Yeah. So I I, I think one of the things we're going to do, we're going to try to do, is, is get more of the STP staff on once we get into spring football, especially after the scrimmages and. The spring game I know we did um, a Google hangout you know I think it was three years ago now where we almost all of us were on there I, I think we're trying to do a similar thing and bring bring in Seth um, Brian both of those guys haven't been on, on on the show yet probably get Labar in there Dan will be honeymooning from the basketball season probably. He's got to wind down somehow and get ready for next season because it's going to be coming fast.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine how pumped he must be right now because I know how pumped I am, and I haven't been following tech basketball with the same lens as him for nearly as long. I yeah, mean, he's probably he's been hyped. all about it. Yeah, yeah I just, just unbelievable. I can't even fathom it. I mean, because I just know how excited I am, and
1: I'm relatively new. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a late night Friday, cause like like I was talking about, like, we're gonna we're gonna do um, we're gonna watch the game. Obviously, it doesn't start till was it nine o'clock, our time, and then I think we're we're gonna try to record a uh, like a yeah we we touched on this earlier post game, instant reaction type post, whether it's win or lose. I think we're going to try to record after the game. Okay,
0: um, I will keep my bourbon consumption to uh, operational limit.
1: Hey, if, I mean if you come on and you're slammed, that's okay too. <laughs> It'll just have to be short. It'll be entertaining. <laughs> um, so let's let's kind of move on to We we got, got two listener questions. We've actually already talked about one. I meant to work the other one in while we were still talking about basketball because it's basketball related. Um, this is from at Truitt. My wife is a lifelong Purdue fan, and since we've been married, no, yeah, and since we've been married, the teams have never played in anything. What are some good spousal bets we could make?
0: I've got a few. If you yeah. want to go first.
1: Yeah, why don't you go to take a shot? Make sure that I'm not gonna copy anything or steal any of your thunder here.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I'll I'll go f- with one that's kind of. I bet you we probably went along the same lines. I've got three, and my first one. Uh, I think what you should go for, Truitt, is find a chore that both of you hate doing. For example, the dishes. Yeah. Or you, you know, you don't both have to hate the same chore. If mm-hmm. one of you hates taking out the trash one of you hates the dishes then whoever wins gets to do does not have to do that chore for a week the other person has to take care of that one that's my first that's my first suggestion what do you got Spencer
1: so yeah I, I think the biggest thing I was going to do is like chores because that's the kind of the, the mindset I'm in is we, we've got so much stuff to do around the house that I was like yeah I, I would definitely like, if Samantha was a Purdue fan and I wouldn't like we were going against it, I would like okay if Purdue wins, I will, I will do all the dishes or I will, I will do all of the laundry. Cause I mean, right now, honestly, we split just about everything except for trash. That's more of a me job. Um, but I, I would take the full share instead of just splitting it with her.
0: Right, right. You wouldn't, you would have to do all of it. Yeah. Yeah. There would be no, you know, cause there's certain jobs at our house, like same with you. There's certain jobs where I'm. You know, I, I do it the majority of the time, and there's other times we kind of split it or split it as close as it'll get. And... Yeah, and,
1: and so she, she's kind of weird about how we split, like, laundry because for some reason she hates putting the clothes away. Like, she has not mind folding and, and sorting all that huh. kind of stuff. She will fold it and put it back in the hamper and then wait for me to put it away, <laughs> which sometimes doesn't work. Like, we'll just have, like, our clean clothes will be coming out of the, the, the hamper and our dirty clothes and just be in a pile. Cause I don't ever get around to putting the clothes away <laughs> and like in dishes, she doesn't mind loading the dishwasher, but she doesn't want to unload it. So the same kind of thing, like the clean dishes will just be pulling out of the dishwasher instead of out of the cabinet because I'm the worst at doing my half of the chores. <laughs> yeah, the other thing, yeah.
0: We kind of, we face similar things.
1: <laughs> the other thing I think, um, because Samantha and I, we have such different tastes in food is I would make her go to restaurants of my choice. Oh, that's a nice one. Um, for, you know, a certain period of time, whether it's a week or, you know, a couple of date nights in a row, whatever, like, oh, no, it's gonna be my choice and I'm gonna I'm not even gonna be like pretending to try to compromise and say, Well you like you don't like Italian, so we'll go to like Mexican I'm like, no, we're going to Italian and you're gonna deal that <laughs> <laughs> you will find something there. <laughs> or we Maybe will, it's just a salad. We'll, we'll, we'll stop by McDonald's on the way home, but I am eating this.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, another one I thought of was the good old social media route. Um, Ooh,
1: yes, embarrassing where, on social media.
0: Well, you know, and not not overly doing it, but where, okay, let's just do this scenario. If tech wins, then your wife would need to change her profile picture, decked out in all tech gear, with the guns up. And leave it there until Tech is out of the tournament.
1: I could be okay with. So that, that
0: one's kind of that one's kind of you know that one's lighthearted. It's not too crazy. I didn't want to get into like <laughs> hazing scenario or something. But that there was that one, and then I had one last one. I'll go ahead and throw it out there. Um, just record a video of them singing the fight song with feeling. <laughs> like just yeah, that you, could you be know, good too. Y'all can talk about whether or not that would even be shared. I know, um, I mean, not that I don't think I'd have this scenario with my wife, but if I did and we made this bet, I think I would enjoy just having it on my phone knowing it's there.
1: Just and ammo. Just, but yeah, for, and then or just when kind of blackmails come up.
0: Yeah, just playing it every now and then. Or like if you ever win another argument, you're just sitting there on your phone. All of a sudden you hit play and there's your wife singing <laughs> the Fight Raiders 5. Yeah, you know, So. I think I think that would be kind of my pick, and that could just be a fun joke between the two of you. You don't even have to blast that one out.
1: Very nice, very nice. Um, so let's go ahead and wrap it up with, with what we learned this week. Um, I guess I'll kick it off. I went on, on a camping trip with some of the, the guys from, from church, the young guys, um, you know, they're 12 to 18. We, we were gone Thursday night through Saturday lunch, and that's about as long of a camping trip as I'm ever going to want to do. That's <laughs> what I figured out. And I wasn't even like roughing it. So the majority of these boys are in the Boy Scout program. On So Thursday when we got there, we, we the leaders, cooked them dinner. And we let them sleep in tents Thursday night. Friday, we taught them how to, how to make fire, um, how to collect and distill water, and then um, how to build a shelter. And then we made them take their tents down and sleep in their shelter Friday night. I I still slept in my tent Friday. Um, And like I said, that's about as much camping as I'm really interested in doing. (laughs) That's pretty
0: good. So not only, okay, you're going to learn to build a shelter, and then you are going to see how good a job
1: you did. And you're going to suffer through it. Now, unfortunately, though, so we had four of them that actually spent the night Friday night and slept in their own shelters. They all woke up Saturday morning complaining they were too hot. It's like, are you kidding me? I was freezing in my tent under my covers on the air mattress, and you're complaining about being too hot in your makeshift shelter with no no cover or anything.
0: Did someone did like Jay Ferg come out there with some spray foam but when no one was looking? Did they did they get <laughs> no. it insulated overnight?
1: It one, I think I think they had a couple of like the boys were there was two boys in each shelter and I think they were close enough that they were kind of sharing body heat there. Yeah. Two, they were actually, the way they were built, the, the tops of the shelters were so close, they were helping trap in some of the heat. I unfortunately didn't have a, a blanket underneath me to insulate me from the cold air of the air mattress, which I think was a, a mistake. I couldn't get the door of my tent to close, and that's where my feet were pointing. So like, The cold air was coming into the tent from the door that I couldn't close. <sighs> Anyways, t- two days, 48 hours, about as long as I ever want to go k- camping again. I did not get sunburned though. We were out there playing. We were out, you know, outdoors for 48 hours. We played ultimate frisbee for like two hours on Friday. Did not get a sunburn, so that's that's a success.
0: That's definitely a plus. Uh, I, I, there's no way I would have come away unscathed two hours in the sun. My gosh! Well, I I'd had to be hospitalized.
1: I, I definitely went in applying sunscreen. So, okay, <laughs> I, there you go. This is not, not this is not two hours un, you know, unprotected. <laughs> okay. Uh, all
0: right, I've got two thing, two quick things I learned this week. They're both music related. Um, uh, you know, I gave I think it was Davis. I think it was Michael Davis. I gave a hard time for his "Body Like a Back Road" walk up music.
1: That song is growing on me, by the way.
0: Oh no, don't don't tell me that. Don't, we can't end on this sour <laughs> note. We okay. All right, so it's I've, also I've like started, really
1: suggestive for a ba- for a, a baseball game.
0: It is. It's suggestive for any. Any moment in time, <laughs> just uh, driving slow, no like the back of my hand, whatever, whatever. I, I, I know That's her curves so like the
1: back of my hand. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And we're going like, I'm in a hurry to get nowhere fast.
0: <laughs> dude, this guy's never driven a back road in his life. Likely. he got those those rugboard things. You're going to get a flat. What are you going to do? How how cool are you going to look when the road grader from the county came through and dug up all this crap and you get a flat on your $65,000 (laughs) F-350? There's
1: a little bit of salt there. (laughs) I can tell. Um,
0: Okay. But back to good walk-up music. Uh, I just happened to catch part of the Louisville game on the radio, and Justin Levy, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right, but he was a player for Louisville. And he used Nancy Sinatra's These Boots Are Made For Walking.
1: See, I'm not so sure that, that was the case. I, I think they played that right sure? after right after um right after <sighs> a Louisville batter was walked.
0: Man, maybe I looked too far into that. But anyway, I heard it on the radio but that and would I heard be funny, his name though. and I thought, <laughs> okay, I hope that's I hope that's true. So even if it's not, I'm just gonna assume it is. And then the other music thing is, you know, did you you saw Titanic, right? Yeah. Okay, you know how the, the uh, the violinists were playing Nearer My God to Thee" as the ship went down and everything.
1: I'm so. What's funny? I, I'm familiar with the song. I did not realize that's what they were playing at the time. But yeah.
0: Well, I used to have the Titanic soundtrack as a kid because uh, I liked I liked movie soundtracks. It yeah, was why not? easier to do homework and listen to <laughs> instrumental music. But anyway, um, so. My thought is that if the Boomer Sooner band was on the ship, they would be playing Boomer Sooner.
1: Boomer just Sooner to the Sooner, Boomer Sooner.
0: <laughs> because... That's the
1: only thing they know how to play. Well, it wasn't just that, but <laughs>
0: immediately after losing in overtime to Rhode Island, guess what started?
1: Boomer Sooner, I heard that. Yep. It was like, dude, oh my like the gosh. game just ended and you lost... And you're playing Boomer Sooner.
0: If they were on the Asteroid with Bruce Willis at the end of Armageddon...
1: They'd be playing Boomer Sooner as the bomb dee goes dee off. Dee 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 Boom. Dee dee. Oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> so that's what I learned. I think they would play that song in any and all scenarios, whether they
1: make sense or not. One more thing. You talked about movie uh, soundtracks. One of the ones that is sneaky good is the one for, our, for um, Shawshank Redemption.
0: Ooh. I would like that one. I mean, I, I, I don't think I have actually have it, but yeah. I'd, I'd get a kick out of that one.
1: I may put that on Dropbox for you. We'll see. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh. Well, uh, I'm
1: sure you have all the rights to it. Of course, of course. It was purchased. Yeah, probably. okay. All right. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for, for joining us for another week of the podcast. Um, 23 Personnel, if you want going to reach out to us on Twitter. We are at 23 Personnel. You can reach me directly at... at punts suck there's two s's there in the middle you can reach michael at at lsrr07 come back again uh i guess saturday morning when we talk about uh, texas tech performance against purdue and the sweet 16 all right everybody